Welcome back to the Nitty Gritty Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Pethel. I have missed you guys. It's been almost two weeks since I last caught up with y'all, and we have a lot to get into. To be such a loud, I would say outgoing, outrageous person, I get so shy and nervous when I'm sitting in my privacy of my own home trying to record this podcast. I just made Tyler go to our bedroom, shut the door, turn the TV on, and turn the volume up in hopes that he would not be able to hear me because it's the mere idea of him sitting there listening to me do this that makes me so uncomfortable. And I don't know why I'm like that because Tyler and I share literally everything. He's been on this podcast with me. Everything I'm going to talk to y'all about, he has lived with me or already heard me say. So I don't know why if he was sitting next to me, it wouldn't be a big deal. But it's the fact that he's sitting back in our bedroom and he might slightly overhear me that I'm just getting embarrassed and self-conscious about and that's on being crazy and I accept that the last time we talked I was getting ready to head to the Drake concert with my brother when I tell you it was a heck of a night when they say it was all a blur this is very chuggy of me it literally was a blur we left at like lunch that day we went up to Atlanta and then we parked at a parking deck close to State Farm Arena. We went to a little pizzeria, had a meal together. Then we kind of hopped to like two different little pubs. And then we went to the concert. It really was an experience. I don't know what I was expecting. I knew it was going to be a great experience. and It was going to be a beautiful one just simply because I was getting to do it with my brother. But I don't, I don't know why in my head everything's going to be a Taylor Swift concert. But I, in fact, cannot think of anything further from a Taylor Swift concert than a Drake concert. We had great seats. The arena was just small enough. We did end up like moving over seats because the crowd of people that are at a Drake concert are less of rule followers than the silly little girls that are going to Taylor Swift because these people were not staying in their assigned seats. Like they were basically all trying to rush down and get as close to the stage as possible. In hindsight, I wish I would have. Maybe I could have gotten the Chanel bag, but... I I was too scared. And so Joey and I moved seats once and thought that we were going to get closer. And then, of course, these people came up and were like, hey, you're in our seats. So right before it started, we moved back a row, but all the way down to the left, just because of where the stage was. It, our view was obstructed by the light effects. I don't know if you guys have seen it on TikTok, but the Drake concert has a lot of random flying objects and... If you know, you know. I I might post a reel for you guys about it because it was hilarious. But anyway, yeah, so all those lights had to be attached somewhere. And they were attached right in front of our faces. Um, So the people behind us jumped ship and ran off. So Joey and I hopped back and went down there. The only other row behind them, because we were on a terrace, so a smaller section, were these group of girls. So I waited till the show was about to start. And sat down and they just looked at me and uh, I said were do y'all have tickets for these seats and they were like no I was like oh okay well we're gonna sit here if like that doesn't bother you guys sorry and she straight up told me it did bother her and that um, they planned on using those seats to have extra dancing room the coward in me 
and not wanting to get beat up because I know from past experience I couldn't trust my brother to step in for me that I should just move just stay there but then the mama bear in me kicked in and this was my brother's first concert since 2009 I wanted him to have a great experience this was as I've said before his heiress tour experience so I looked at the girls and I was like, okay. I said, well, we're going to stay here because where we're sitting, there is a pole right in front of us and we can't really see anything at all. So since they're not going to come back, we're just going to sit here. Well, then the girl looks at me and pops off. I don't know why you want to sit here. There's a pole there anyway. You can't see any better from here. And I looked at her and I said, I would be grateful for my good seats because we were not aware that there was going to be lighting poles there. And it is an obstructed view. And we all spent a lot of money to be here. So we're going to keep these seats. Y'all are very lucky that y'all have these. And let's all just have a good time. I don't know who I was in that moment. I just kind of looked at Joey and he looked at me kind of wide-eyed, but he is so like oblivious to everything. I don't think he was really paying attention and he's a boy, so I don't think he he got the shystiness in their voice, but um, they definitely could have taken me like 100%. I don't know what my plan was from there if they gave me any more pushback because I, I did not stand a chance We ended up staying at the concert. These girls didn't even stay there anyway. They walked down to the front of the terrace and were like dancing, like grinding on the railing. Whatever. I don't care. All I care about is I got to see Joseph Wayne Nottifer Jr.'s face when Drake walked out. He walked out through the crowd. The production value in this concert. Again, I've recently gone to Taylor Swift, so my head automatically compares it to everything She is a pop artist. Like, that's what they're known for with their concerts is performing and storytelling and all of these things. And with rap, I think it sometimes gets lost, Um, especially in today's world. Like, it's not appreciated as a true art form in that way. And this brought all of the magic to that. I just, the way that their brains thought about everything. Like, they had actual robots modeled to be Drake as a child. Like, it opened with him coming down, and it opened with Take Care album, by the way, my favorite. Um, It opened with him coming through the crowd, sitting on a couch, and talking to himself as a child. It was like he was reading out of a diary. It was really one of the coolest things I have ever seen. And the way that Joey's face lit up. He had his phone out, Snapchatting, the whole thing. It was... So cute, and I finally looked at him, and I was like, hey, like, put your phone down. Don't worry about recording. I'll record for you. I want you to take in the moment, because I think we can all agree that at some point after a concert or experience, we've sat back and been like, dang, I wasn't watching the concert. I was, like, not present in the moment. I was watching it through my Snapchat lens, and I did not want him to have any regrets about the situation at all and I don't think that he did like I'm telling y'all the way his face lit up it was just so precious it was all good we actually drove home right after the concert exhausting I think we got back to my house at like 3 a.m truly and I had to be at work the next morning but it would I do it again yes a hundred percent like it was so cool on the way home i I do think that there was a possibility that we saw a potential robbery in progress at a gas station. 
So I didn't want to get gas while we were in Atlanta just because it was around midnight. Nothing good happens after midnight. And I didn't want to pick an area that was a wrong area and put us in a dangerous situation. We also were on my rental car. So I was like, okay, we'll just like go out. We got to Noonan. I was like, oh, hey, my friend Courtney's from here. Can't be that bad. We go to one gas station, closed. We go to the gas station across the street. Sign says open, but there is chain around the door and a padlock closed. I'm like, well, crap. We go the opposite way off the exit, and we find a shell station that is 24 hours. We go in, and there, there are a lot of interesting things going on. So like I said, it was midnight. There are three slot machines tucked behind the liquor and wine selection. And there is one little cracked out woman sitting back there playing with some guy. I'm not very observant. Joey's taking five ever in there. We get a snack. We go out. We start pumping gas. And I see this black van pull up. So they pull into the parking lot and go all the way down to the other end of the store Two men get out dressed in all black and one walks around the back of the building and one walks to the only other vehicle that's parked in the parking lot by the front door. I think, no, I'll retract that. I know that there was a drug deal going on. I saw an exchange between the two. It clicked in my head what was happening Joey is just nonchalantly standing outside. We have Rob us written on our windshield. And I said, Joey, get in the car. We need to go. And at this point, the car was full. He was working on it. And then as I'm saying that, the vehicle that's parked there backs up and pulls out. As they are pulling out, the man, the other guy in the car, is walking around the side of the building. I said, Joey, get in the vehicle right now. Let's leave. He gets in. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, there's sketchy stuff going on. Let's just get out of here. As we are backing out, the girl that was inside playing slots walks out, looks around, looks at us, and takes off running into the night. Like, she is running, not by the interstate, but the the road that the gas station was off of. There is nothing else in this area that's, like, lit up. She just starts running into the abyss. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. There's something weird going on here and the guys are just taking laps around the parking lot well we're like pulling out and they are staring us down and I look at Joey and then I look back and they are just eerily standing there like in the shadows of like the gas station part like where the gas pumps are standing in the shadows just looking at us I made eye contact with the guy He just squints his eyes at me. And then the other guy that had been circling the building immediately turns around, gets something out of their vehicle, and starts heading into the gas station. Oh, God, so dramatic. I mean, whatever. The rest is still unwritten. I did Google Noonan crime and the date. And nothing came up. So, I mean, there are a few different scenarios here. It could have been hired security by the gas station because it was two little nerdy guys working and in an area that is not stable. Why wouldn't you? If you got it, flaunt it. It could have been a robbery. That obviously is not an ideal choice or ideal situation. 
Or it could have been a simple shift change, you know? They could have owned the building and they were coming to work the night shift and they needed to count their drawer or something before they swapped out. I mean, the possibilities here are endless. I'm just glad that they ended without me and Joey being a witness to an actual crime and neither of us being human trafficked. All in all, it was a great time. The moments that I get to spend with Joey only get sweeter the older that we get. And I know that's really sappy and I'm gonna try to not tear up on you guys. But it, everyone hug your siblings. That relationship is something to be cherished. There is no one in this world that gets me quite like Joey does. And I am just always gonna be grateful that we got to have that core memory together. I know I mentioned earlier that this was Joey's first concert since 2009. Let me take y'all on a little walk down memory lane. Joey and I grew up, our mom was a single mom, so we grew up with her and my grandparents. It was March of 2009. I was in seventh grade, about to go into eighth grade, and it was MTV Spring Break, like one of the last years that they had a huge one. And they were having a concert on the day of our honors day. Well, when word got out about it a few months before, I told my mom like who was performing and me and my brother really wanted to go. And Joey was in, if I was in seventh grade, Joey was in fifth grade. And I said, mom, like I, I got to go to this. And she was like, okay, Brittany, if you keep AB honor roll and you get AB honor roll for the year, then I will take you. No problem. Well, you know me, I love a good challenge, and I definitely did get a B on a roll, and she had to deliver on her promise, because, you know, you made a bargain, you hold up your end of the deal, I held up mine, woman. So my mother checks me and Joey, and one of my friends from when I was younger, out of school, after honors day, takes us in her little gold Ford Explorer. We go down to Panama City. We find the stage. It was not directly behind La Vila, but like on down the beach where the big concert stage was. And we set up shop in the middle of this massive crowd of college kids to see none other than Lil Wayne himself perform the whole, and it was Mrs. Officer era. So everything was just a dream come true. Joey and I were having the time of our lives. We were put on these random football players' shoulders. Like, it was one of the most fun days, like, and one of the best memories I have of being younger like that. And just now, looking back at it, I just, like, cackle. It is the epitome of having a teen mom for her to then, when you become a teenager, say, okay, well, um, let me just take you and your little brother to a Little Wayne concert. And it was... A very safe situation like we were fine nothing even remotely weird happened it was it's a great experience very normal experience but that was the last time joey went to a concert and so when we were standing there he was like yeah this is way different than being on some random men's shoulders and actually see the stage now on my own and i just died laughing because i remember joey being so tiny because he was only in fifth grade and he couldn't see at all and these guys just like hoisting us up and carrying us closer to the front and I wish I still had my flip phone that had that footage on there. Because I can see the stage in my mind. I can see Lil Wayne up at the front. He has on like a white t-shirt and his dreads. And then it was pink, like a light blue and yellow MTV spring break stuff. Like very warped tour almost vibe for like the graphics and everything. And I can still see it when I close my eyes. 
I mean, he kept it in the Young Money family. Maybe we can hit up a Nicki Minaj concert and close up the trifecta there. And I can't think of any other better goal for us as a family. We can take our kids to see her one day and make it a whole thing, a whole affair. (laughs) So once we got home from the concert, I did sleep a few hours and then I went into work the next day. And that was Tuesday morning. And around lunch Tuesday, I realized I had three Busy Bees jobs, and had to get my house semi in order, and had to pack to leave the country by Saturday at lunch. So I came home Tuesday and it was automatically go time, getting things ready. I had to paint two banners, had three like actual balloon setups, and just wanted to get all of that done as quickly and efficiently as possible. My, I think my last setup Saturday, I was leaving there at 12, no, 1140-ish, and we were supposed to leave my house at 12. So I ran home, changed real quick. We went up to Atlanta. Tyler, his parents, and I were all going to Guatemala. Tyler really, really, really wants to do a full deep dive episode into that trip, but I will lightly touch on it since I'm just catching up with you guys. Got up there Saturday, went to dinner, went to bed, was up at 5 a.m. Sunday, and it was go, go, go until Thursday at midnight. So I'll just like do a brief ranking of this trip from my perspective. And then y'all will get to hear Tyler's perspective. Experience, 10 out of 10. I would not trade this experience for the world. Like, I'm glad I went. I am so grateful I had the opportunity to do something like this. Food, 4 out of 10 for me personally. Accommodations, 8 out of 10. It was a really nice little resort. Very small, private. Four villas, two private suites, a pool, and then a little open air bar, and then across the pool, an open air restaurant. I really liked that. It really was its own little oasis. I personally just did not think the mattresses were the most comfortable. My back is kind of hurting. But this is just me being a complainer. This is me nitpicking to get a true rating on the experience. I would do it all over again in hindsight. Now, activities, 8 out of 10. It was really fun. We went fishing for three days, like morning, 7 a.m., got back at 4, 4.30 p.m. The last third day we went, we did come in at lunchtime because the water was getting really rough. I had a blast I personally would have just liked something, my ideal scenario is something a little bit more leisurely, like two days of fishing, and then a day to just chill at the resort. A lot of fun experiencing a different culture. When I tell you guys that we all need to wake up every day and count our blessings and count being a resident of the United States twice, I'll go ahead and say count it three times because, I mean... It really put into perspective how lucky we are to live the lives that we live. Your worst day here is their best day. The living conditions um, outside of these little villages, like where the little snobby Americans like us are coming in and staying at these resorts, like these people's lives outside of there, they have dirt floors. 
Um, there were markets. There were women making tortillas on the side of the street every day. Now, that part was really cool. There were butcher shops or meat shops, like, where they had whole chickens and whole pigs butchered just swinging from ropes unrefrigerated. And I don't know why, but that part really sticks with me and sends me. Um, seeing the children, too, was a little rough. I guess I'm just too big of a crybaby to see these things. But the most beautiful part of it is everyone just seems so happy for the most part. Talking to our tour guide, Santiago, the first day. that He's the one that drove us from the airport in Guatemala City all the way to... Where we were staying in Iztapa, Guatemala. So it was about a three and a half hour ride. We went through Antigua and hung out there for a while. But I'll save all that details for my talk with Ty. I told Santiago the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the sense of community. Everyone was in the street. The, honestly, the whole time we were there. It was the streets were busy. People were just sitting outside, like spending time with each other, hanging out, working together. You really got the sense of community, whereas in America, I guess the best way to describe it is very much so a me over we attitude, and people stay to themselves and do not make an effort to get out there and have that community feel um, outside of their own family unit or friend unit. So I think that was something beautiful to experience and... Y'all know I love a sense of community, so getting to see that firsthand and just see how happy these people were with so little just makes you want to take a step back and be grateful for everything we have. It was very grounding seeing how people live differently than how we do and how grateful I am for the advancements and opportunities that were given. Once we got back, you know me, I had... Less than 12 hours later, I had a work thing I had to go do. So I went and set that stuff up. And then I came home and just made a conscious decision on the drive back that I was going to romanticize my last weekend of freedom before I go back to work tomorrow. Came home and it was spooky season, baby. We got our Halloween decorations down. I have all of that almost done. I deep cleaned our kitchen Took everything out of our fridge, something I had been avoiding doing for way too long. Organized our fridge. Now, literally, all that needs to be done is for me to put away the clean laundry that I have not put away in I am now at a month. This may be the longest I have gone without completing my laundry. I have three massive baskets. The fact that I even have this many clothes is just honestly disgusting. But it is what it is. I will make myself do this tomorrow. I'm going to speak it into existence. Um, I meal planned, got up this morning, went grocery shopping, did it very intentionally so I didn't overspend. I was realistic, got stuff to cook three meals. I am going to try to do a fun little vlog of what we're going to eat this week. I posted on my Instagram story today that I'm starting my castor oil journey and like the unsupportive friends y'all are, none of y'all have landed on the castor oil side of TikTok. And so I'm going to share that with you guys. I was watching Shannon Ford's probably a podcast a few weeks ago. And her friend, I want to say Anna Grace, 
was talking about her journey with casserole and how like all these health benefits. She's very holistic. I am not a holistic person. Not my vibe. I hyper fixated on casserole TikTok after that. Got on there, saw all these benefits for digestion, inflammation. It has been used as an alternative to Botox on your face, lighten up your under eye circles. It basically detoxes your body from the inside out. So we are going to begin um, oiling our navels before bed. I'm going to make Tyler do it too because Lord knows his digestion needs all the help it can get. I literally saw the man eat an avocado that a spider crawled on it this past week. So there's no telling what parasites he has living in there. So we're going to do this together and just see if there is any benefits. Something really cool that, because I've really deep dove into this. Now, if you have history of an autoimmune disorder, like my mother has lupus, I probably would not recommend it for her just because you can have adverse effects from it. And it does say you can feel sluggish and almost like you have the flu. Like you have to build yourself up with it because it is so powerful and pulls toxins out. But one of the main reasons I wanted to try it is I have been having issues during my time of the month with severe cramping. I have self-diagnosed myself with endometriosis. Uh, when I mentioned it to my OB, he kind of blew me off. So I'm number one, getting a new OB and number two, gonna see if this helps. But a lot of women have like, said so they'll massage the oil like over like right above your pelvic bone, like around your uterus, kind of area, fallopian tubes, like all in there and kind of pack it. They call it an oil pack. Let it absorb there. There has been so, so, so many testimonials from women on how much it has helped them with cramping. And I have been having a miserable experience since March. With the very first day of my cycle, it is debilitating for me. I get very nauseous. I'm hurting so bad. I'm basically like rotating 30 minutes in and out the shower, just letting warm water or like scolding hot water truly run over my back, trying to ease the pain. So at this point, I will try anything. I'll report back on how the castor oil does. I did put it today on my face while I cleaned. And I will say my face does look a lot brighter just from that first use. So I'm going to start trying it overnight. I don't know. I may not even notice anything crazy, but why not? What's one more thing added to my already overflowing plate? I know the very first Sunday Reflect I did, I kind of went in on football. Um, I gave you guys my first rant ever and, you know, when I just feel passionately about something, I have a hard time keeping it in. I do respect other people's opinions and views. However, this is my job as your host to give my interpretation on things. And so that was my personal interpretation on football, specifically in the South. And, you know, I'm not going to just, like, try to find something to go off on every single time I sit down and talk to you guys one-on-one. -on -one. But when something presents itself, you know, this is my platform. This is me putting it out there. And luckily for you guys, I have something else I want to say today. 
I feel that it would be a disservice to not acknowledge that everything you see on social media is fake. Two of my friends, we we were talking about it in a group chat, which can be equally seen as toxic and wrong, but that's reality. I am just amazed at what lengths people go through to put on this facade. Is it not exhausting? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, we post our cute pictures, but there is a certain point where you have to be able to take a step back and look at this and say, this is simply not reality. And another there, I don't know, y'all, there's just so many factors that go into this. I'm really trying to dance around it delicately. And there comes a point where ignorance is no longer bliss. I'll just back it up to when they initially put their business out on a blog for, well, really the entire world to see. She kept referencing these horrible things that this person was doing to her and justifying their abusive actions with the Christian thing to do is forgive someone. And I am not judging her for that. It has nothing to do with me. Just as somebody that has had to work through my own relationship with God, I just found it very upsetting and hard to read that she felt as if it was her godly duty and to allow these bad things to happen to her and not choosing herself by choosing God and choosing to be a Christian and forgive. And I think that is really the root of where my issues with this situation started. I immediately, all those years ago, got a really bad taste in my mouth about it. It just gave me an ick. She was justifying this person's sins and this person's abuse with this is the person God called her to be with. So she just had to learn to deal with these things and it would make her a bad Christian if she didn't remove herself from that situation. And I just want to emphasize that that is not at all what God wants you to take away from being a good person. You can forgive somebody for what they have done to you. I've had some bad things happen to me in my life. And while I have forgiven that person for those things, at no point in time would I ever consider putting myself in a situation again for them to do that. They are not owed the opportunity to hurt you again. And I think that is weaponizing religion to justify your personal decision to not remove yourself from the situation at hand. And that's what I have a problem with and that in my own opinion, is the opposite of what we as women should be putting out into the world. And her journey is her own journey. And I really hope tomorrow she wakes up and looks around and realizes what is actually happening to her. 
But unfortunately, that's her life. And I also just got the vibe in that point in time, because that was 2018. Um, had to have been 2018, early 2019. Honestly, though, it may have been 2020. I don't know. But I remember reading that then. And then after I processed the abuse of it all, I realized that this girl, I don't want to invalidate like her experience or her process for dealing with things, but it was putting it out there and by doing so, holding this person accountable for what they were doing to her. And some of the things that she had posted were so heinous. Like it was really hard to read um, someone that you have grown up with and seen so often like go through something so horrible and her just be very strong in saying that but it quickly became a almost an attention seeking behavior simply for the way that it was done I'm not saying that she was just asking for attention but it was the promotion of like these deep dark traumas and punishing her husband and then bringing God into it to pray for his healing and and then they kind of went radio silent for a while and everyone just of course it's a small town people are going to speculate it was it was pretty crazy but she used it to turn the website into a whole blog about her family and all of a sudden it was very much so trying to monetize her situation. Which, get your bag, girl, but leave God out of it. Like, it is so damaging to the Christian community to do these things. And no one is perfect by any means. It just... So fast forward to where we're at now. There are now multiple people who did not have a say on being brought into this situation. Brought into this situation. And within the past few months, his activities have now resurfaced. And it was brought to her attention. What was said after that, we'll never know. It is what it is. All I know is that yesterday she posted this whole Facebook, honestly, like sad, false reality. She just went in on Facebook and it's like grasping at straws for people to see the good or see what she thinks is the good, proper family unit put out into the world so that if she can convince enough people or make enough Facebook posts and get enough likes and comments validating that she has a nice, beautiful, perfect Christian family, that it is going to get her a closer seat to God in heaven. I really don't know what her goal is in here on just like living a complete lie. But I, I get it. Like it's really none of my business. I am just ranting. And... So, that happens, and it was something, like, it was the dumbest post ever. And then this morning, she follows that up with a photo of them at church, which would not have been bad. That is normal. Like, of course, as every Christian falls short of the glory of God. But it was the condescending tone in the post about how someone looked at her and said something along the lines of, oh, we didn't think we would see you this Sunday. 
which in a southern church setting is something very normal to say, is your way of telling someone, it's so good to see you because I knew X, Y, and Z had happened. Like they were sick or had a surgery or something like that, and we thought that you would be at home resting, but it is so good to see you. Well, she used that as a way to... Um, decide to get on her soapbox and share with the rest of her friends list how families are deterring from the word of God and how there is no excuse to not have your family in church and how the strong rock on which family is built is that of Jesus and to stop making excuses for not going to church. So again, taking a little piece of morality and a simple Hey, how are you? It's good to see you. And making it into a way of how she is morally higher than us because she went to church today even though she had a surgery last week. And you're just making excuses for not going to church because if she can do it, anyone can do it. When I saw this, my eyes just rolled so far into the back of my head, I still can't see straight. The moral of this story is what you see online is not real. Someone that could have read that post today could have felt really down and out on themselves because they had something going on and like could not make it to church or they have not found a home church. They have not found somewhere where they feel safe and like they're not around a bunch of hypocrites because I'll be honest if I will find out what church she goes to and I'm not going to want to go there and sit next to somebody that is going to act holier than thou and act like they are morally superior to me because they went to church after having a major surgery knowing what they are dealing with at home. God is not going to check your social media. He's going to check your soul. And I'm not discrediting how strong this woman is because Obviously, she has to be strong to have just been dealt the hand that has been dealt to her in this life. And I am impressed that she does stand so strongly on her faith because it would be very easy for her to turn her back on that, all things considered. Um, But what I just want to, like, drive home today is none of us are perfect And by putting other people in their religious journey down, like pushing down their religious experience and putting yours on a pedestal and your actions of um, outwardly praising the Lord and putting Him up is not going to make Him favor you any more than anyone else. Maybe we all just need to take a step back and reevaluate kind of where your, your real motives are in doing things like that. Uh, I think in this situation, it has very obviously become a part or like validation for her because she has not been receiving that validation somewhere else. Again, this is all my judgmental opinion. I don't know if she has not realized that. I can't imagine how difficult that is to be dealing with the things that she has had to deal with. I do just think she's going to wake up one day and regret how she is handling the situation, but that's her life and her journey, and it's not my journey. But because of my own personal journey, it just, I've been left, like, very miffed by the situation as a whole, and the more that I think about it, it just, I need to let it go, and I will let it go. This is just me complaining to you guys. 
And I know that hurt people hurt people. And I'm going to chalk it up to that and just really like hope that she gets like the peace and clarity that she does deserve. Um, because she deserves so much better than she's being given. And I really do hate that this is the kind of thing happening to this girl. Again, I don't know anything about her um, other than her name and her family and what I have witnessed her do. And how the things that she has done and said, how they have made me feel from my own personal relationship with the Lord and my own personal struggle with religion as a whole. And I just really hope that someone further back in their spiritual journey than I am doesn't see these things and say, oh, if this is what religion is, like I don't want to be a part of it. And if they do do that, I just hope that she doesn't interfere with someone's relationship with the Lord. Because until you have that moment of clarity, it. and I just really wish that we could leave the comparison and the self-righteousness out of social media. I just do not, I really do not resonate with using your faith as a social chip, like a social climbing chip. You practicing like self-righteousness and using your quote-unquote Christian actions to make you superior to someone and that pretty much sums that up like it it just very much so was a I am here regardless of this and you not being here is just an excuse and I think that piled on with everything else just had me at my wits end with the situation but again there's probably a lot more to it that I do not know I do not know their personal conversations. I just know that there is absolutely no way. And anyone out there that's like struggling with something like that, please know that there is like religious like abuse, like emotional and mental abuse that can be, and that that's not God, that's not love, that is the devil working, disguising as those things. And that God loves you so much and he would not want you to live in a situation that is just constantly like beating you down and making you into a person and having feelings and thoughts that do not align with like what he really wants for you, which is eternal love, happiness, and joy and knowing and having a relationship with him. And that is my soapbox for today. Now, if you need me Friday, don't because I have major plans. We are going to see the Eras Tour movie and I can't contain my excitement. Like all, I think that's exactly the serotonin my body needs. We are going with some of the girls that I went with in April to Atlanta. We all got tickets and I think we're going to do dinner together before. I'm taking Shannon. I gave her a ticket. Like, I want her to experience it. We're also taking my seven-year-old sister, Whitley. Whitley is obsessed with Taylor Swift. She has been doing nothing but watching YouTube videos of all Taylor Swift songs. She is studying. Baby girl is ready, and I can't wait to share it with her. Seeing everything through a child's eyes is just the most exciting, sweet thing ever. And getting to share something that I am so obsessed with 
with her is going to be the coolest thing ever. And I'm hoping Saturday we'll get to take Nina, a.k.a. Georgia K, to the pumpkin patch. Wit will probably tag along for that, too. So it'll be a fun on TB weekend coming up. I'm going to close with a fun little TikTok trend that I found. Let me pull it back up. Okay, so I am going to be one of those girls and bring you guys a weekly report, um, but more so a conversation starter on here. So my weekly report, so report, R-E-P-O-R-T, R is for reading, E is for eating, P is for playing, O is for obsessing over, R is for recommending, and T is for treating. This is a trend on TikTok. People are posting it with some sound. I don't know what it is. And they are giving like their weekly report on how these things line up. So I thought that would be something fun to do with y'all. So R is for reading. I'm reading Fourth Wing. Uh, Shout out to Brianna Barfield. I was supposed to finish this book with you by the end of September. But, you know, sis, I just feel like October is my month. I can do it. I have started the first chapter. And I will say, it is nothing like anything I would normally read. I'm a um, Taylor Jenkins read girly. And this is not like that. It's my first, like, fantasy book I've ever read. Like, going into that, they're working on building up the whole realm to me. And, I mean, I really like it so far. I'm sure if the rest of the world likes it, I will too. I'm pretty basic like that. So, hopefully by the end of the month, I will have a full recap on that for you guys so reading is fourth wing e is for eating what am i eating this month i mean it's only day eight e is for eating and i am eating preservatives because i am glad to be back in america where the food is fatty and yummy and not whatever I was eating in Guatemala. I'm serious, y'all. Like, the whole time we were there, if you do not like seafood, the only thing I had that I liked was a chicken or Monte Carlo chicken sandwich. And then the next day, I saw a truck full of chickens down there that looked even more sad than the ones going to Wayne Farms and automatically felt nauseous. I guess for eating, I could kind of share with you guys my meal plan for this week. So, I am making a chili because it's a nice chilly weather outside and then p is for playing what have i been playing so i am a podcast girly i am really missing probably a podcast shannon ford is on a break right now i am listening to gals on the go i of course listen to the toast um taste of taylor with taylor strecker Something fun about me. I love Plan Brie Uncut. Something about Grace O'Malley just ignites my soul. Those girls keep me young. Music-wise, I have been stuck on, I don't know how I got here, but Coldplay Yellow Radio on Spotify. It's great. The first song's Yellow. Second song's Cardigan by Taylor Swift. And then it is, I want to say, an Olivia Rodrigo song. Then it goes from an Olivia Rodrigo song, like, back to Coldplay. And kind of just jumps down those. um, Riptide by Vance Joy's on there. It's just a nice, lighthearted playlist. And it fits in every situation. O is for obsessing over. I am obsessing over Halloween, you guys. It is spooky season. I just want 
all the fun things. I put bats on my kitchen cabinet. I got Halloween cookies. I put little skeletons in my yard. I am getting ready. Like we're building up our trick-or-treat setup. Just all the fun, spooky things. I think I just like needed this serotonin of something just fun and not serious at all. Just like a big, cool, something to obsess over. A holiday. R is for recommending. What am I going to recommend to you guys? I'm going to recommend you all try castor oil too. Try oiling your navel. What's the worst thing that could happen? I mean, there, there probably is like an actual like allergic reaction, but... If you're a pretty normal, healthy person, or if you've been wanting to try Botox, why don't you just try that on your forehead for a few days instead? So I'm going to recommend castor oil, but make sure you get hexane-free, organic, and in a glass bottle. And then T is for treating. I treated myself with the limited edition Power Pink Yeti Hopper Flip 12 cooler, I think, or Flip 18. I don't know, the kind of bigger little flip one. So I treated myself with that and I don't regret it. Every time I see it, I just like light up. It's the perfect, perfect two shades of pink. Anything I could have ever wanted. And this segment was brought to you by Consumerism. This has been a little bit more of a heavier Sunday reflect, but all in all, personally, things are good. Couldn't be better. I'm about to go eat cookies, snuggle with my husband and my dogs, and get ready to seize the day tomorrow. I hope you all have a great week. Make sure to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully, YouTube will be up soon. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at the nitty gritty, T-H-E-N-I-D-I-G-R-I-T-T-Y. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. We got a full episode dropping on Wednesday. Not really sure which guests I'm going to throw at y'all yet, but it will be a good one. I will talk to y'all next time. Bye.